It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Joe Biden stopped at his boyhood home. It's good to be home! The message he left behind and cheers for the president. But has he lost his voice? The voice gets a little bit choppy, I think. (laughs) And no early voting for this first lady. It's election day. And mask wars on the voting lines. Just put on a mask and get it over with. If you refuse to wear a mask, are you still allowed to vote? Then, Beverly Hills SWAT. The tactical units ready to be deployed in Beverly Hills in anticipation of election night chaos. Then... Vice President Ivanka. Fight for the future of this great country. Will there be an epic purge if Trump is reelected? Install his daughter Ivanka Trump. And an election to remember the most memorable moments from 2020. Will you Who shut is up, your man? Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. After the most contentious campaign in modern history, Election Day is finally here, and Americans are heading to the polls, adding their votes to the more than 100 million who've already voted early. Amber Cagliano has a look at the final dash to the finish line. We've never seen this before, a presidential candidate campaigning on Election Day. Joe Biden, accompanied by his granddaughters, headed to Pennsylvania, the state that could very well determine the outcome. He stopped by his boyhood home in Scranton, where he wrote this poignant message on the wall. From this house to the White House, with the grace of God, November 3rd, 2020. President Trump had a low-key day, his only excursion to election headquarters in Virginia, where he got a rousing welcome from campaign workers. I think we have a very solid chance of winning. This morning, he called into his favorite morning show, Fox and Friends. He sounded tired and hoarse, but confident. At what point will you declare victory? When there's victory, I think we'll have victory. I think we'll have victory. First Lady Melania is in Palm Beach, where she voted, looking elegant in a $4,000 Gucci dress. Tell us why you voted today instead of uh, with the president a week and a half ago. Well, it's election day, so I wanted to come here to vote uh, today on the election day. The president's final rally last night was a family affair. He was joined by his four adult children and their significant others. Roll the tape. He pulled no punches in his last day of campaigning, playing a brutal five-minute video of Joe Biden's flubs and gaffes. I'm sick and tired of smart guys. Could he really win? Are we serious about this? He also grooved one more time to what has become his signature song. 
Biden got a boost from his celebrity supporters, Lady Gaga joined him in Pittsburgh last night, blasting the president. Now is your chance to vote against Donald Trump, a man who believes his fame gives him the right to grab one of your daughters or sisters or mothers or wives by any part of their bodies. Hi, everyone. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend appeared with their kids at a Kamala Harris rally. Tonight, the president will monitor the election results from the White House, where his victory party, should there be one, has been scaled down. Initially, we've been told this party was going to have about 400 people in attendance, but now we're told that number has been scaled back to 250. Joe Biden will watch the results from his home in Wilmington, Delaware. A stage has been set up in front of the Chase Center, the site of the Democratic National Convention. And here's some encouraging news. Despite how contentious the election has been, there have been very few reports of unrest as people line up to do their civic duty. But polling locations have become the latest battleground spot in the mask wars. The CDC makes it clear that people should wear their masks when they're around others at voting locations. But what happens if someone shows up without a mask? Here's Les Trent. It's the new battleground in the war over masks. Just put on a mask and get it over with. Voters refusing to wear masks at the polls is leading to angry confrontations across the country. Two maskless women in Illinois get into it with other voters. They're holding up the line while poll workers figure out whether they can come inside. Why don't you go to the back of the line so all these people can vote? It's a scene repeated over and over, like this one in Kentucky. Mask requirements vary at polling places across the country, but even in places where they are required, like Monmouth County here in central New Jersey, voters cannot be turned away for refusing to wear one. At a mall in Fort Lauderdale, four voters refused to wear masks, saying they suffer from asthma. We all have asthma. We're all family severe asthma. Election workers told them they had to wear masks. But cops instructed the poll workers to let them vote. They have a right to vote. They're going to get in line and they're going to vote. In St. Louis, steps were taken to allow voters stricken with COVID-19 to cast their ballots. Yep. The CDC says it's okay to break quarantine to exercise your right to vote. And a stark warning from a member of the president's COVID task force. In an internal White House memo obtained by the Washington Post, Dr. Deborah Burks warns that we are, quote, entering the most concerning and most deadly phase of the pandemic. With all the talk of unrest after the election, many cities around the country are on edge. And in some places, including Chicago, the National Guard has been enlisted to keep the peace. Jim Murray has more on that. America is on edge. A troubling new poll finds 77 percent of Americans are anticipating some sort of violent reaction to the election. Around the USA, more stores are boarding up, bracing for civil unrest. Big chains are taking steps to protect their merchandise. CVS, which has 10,000 stores nationwide, is leaving it up to local leadership to put up plywood boards. 
The Gap, which has 2,000 stores, says contingency plans are in place for any issue that may arise. Target, with 1,900 locations, says it was taking precautionary steps to ensure safety. At his command center in New York, security expert Pat Brosnan says, in his opinion, violence is inevitable. The probability of serious violence associated with the election and for days after the election is now in the probable box, no longer possible. In upscale Beverly Hills, military-style vehicles, all loaned from the Santa Paula Police Department, will patrol the streets. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would have to do this type of operation for an election? Never. Never my wildest dreams. You believe it's a deterrent? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's in addition to the 80 armed guards from private security firms who've been hired to supplement the Beverly Hills PD. And for at least the next two days, the city is closing off world-famous Rodeo Drive. Things are so tense, a radio station in Orlando has decided its listeners are ready to de-stress with soothing Christmas music. So, starting Friday, it'll be all Christmas tunes all the time until, well, Christmas. Hey, by then, we should know who wins the election. <laughs> and if you're counting, Christmas is just 52 days away. No matter what happens in today's election, there will be big changes ahead. If President Trump wins a second term, political experts predict there will be a purge of top officials in his administration. Amber Cagliano reports. Prepare for an epic purge at the White House if President Trump is reelected, including the potential firing of Dr. Anthony Fauci, which the president has already hinted at. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. I think it's reprehensible. I don't want Dr. Fauci fired. He served for six presidents, 36 years in his seat. And what are we firing him for exactly? Because he doesn't want to lie about the science related to the pandemic. Former White House Director of Communications Anthony Scaramucci also makes this bold prediction about Trump should he win. I mean, who's to say he wouldn't kick Mike Pence out of that seat in two years and install his daughter Ivanka Trump and then resign prior to the presidency ending so that she could be the first woman president. Okay, is this you saying this, or you've heard this, you've read this? No, this is what I think. I mean, I haven't, I haven't read it, but I know the guy's personality. I know how he operates. I know how he thinks. But Scaramucci thinks deep down, Trump believes he will lose. You just look at the way the president is campaigning right now. He's not really trying to reach voters as much as he's trying to have an entertainment session for people that show up at these rallies. You think he's aiming for something post-election, should he lose? Yeah, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to set up a narrative that he's an aggrieved victim, a result of which uh, hopefully his acolytes will stay loyal to him in the post-presidency. But don't count Trump out yet, says Jim Lee, president of Susquehanna Polling and Research, who was one of the few pollsters who accurately predicted a Trump victory in 2016. He says Trump will win again. I think it's going to be close. I think Donald Trump will probably eke out an electoral vote victory based on our polling. New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman predicts if there's a contested election, the nation needs to brace itself for chaos. If the president does lose, um, uh, does contest the vote, um, does create massive um, uh, discrediting of the outcome, 
we could have a, 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 a prolonged period where we, we don't have a legitimate transfer of power for the first time in our history. But Scaramucci disagrees. You do think, though, he would bow out gracefully. I do. Yeah. Because it's in his best interest. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this. Next, an election to remember the most memorable moments from 2020. Will you Who shut up, man? Listen? Plus, the battle for First Lady, Melania Trump and Jill Biden. Two determined women. They have more in common than you might think. And the big name celebrity who cast her ballot and wants everyone to know it. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Win or lose, what's next for the Trump family? Next, Inside Edition. Will Ivanka run for office? I think uh, he would love to see her be the first woman president. Is Don Jr. the next great family hope? Good afternoon, Georgia! Then, exclusive, what Amarosa is saying about the election results. Watch the next Inside Edition. Whatever your political persuasion, one emotion many Americans may be feeling as this campaign comes to a close is relief. Roller coaster ride doesn't begin to describe the head spinning moments that stand out in a presidential contest that will go down in history, regardless of the outcome. What a long, strange trip it's been. Election Day 2020 was a distant prospect when the crowded field of Democratic candidates gathered for a debate in June 2019. The U.S. Senator from California named Kamala Harris made an impact with this tart attack on Joe Biden. You know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools, and she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. In February 2020, Biden won the South Carolina primary, a victory that breathed new life into his faltering campaign and led him to the nomination. We just won and we've won big because of you. In March, as the coronavirus was exploding across America, President Trump made a historic announcement. I am officially declaring a national emergency. We also heard from a 79-year-old infectious disease expert who would become one of the most famous men in America in the months to come. Tony, please. Dr. Anthony Fauci. We still have a long way to go. There will be many more cases, but we'll take care of that. Trump made headlines the following month with what became known as his bleach speech. I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection. He later insisted he was being sarcastic. In June, the president took heat after law enforcement cleared George Floyd protesters so that he could stage a photo op at a church in D.C. Biden made it official in August. Kamala Harris was his running mate. You ready to go to work? Oh, my God. I'm so ready to go to work. The Democratic National Convention later that month was the first ever virtual convention. Of all the big names who spoke, few made more of an impact than 13-year-old Braden Harrington. He told how Biden helped him with his stutter. I'm just a regular kid. And in a short amount of time, Joe Biden made me more confident about something that's bothered me my whole life. Insults and interruptions marked the first Trump-Biden debate in September. Will you shut up, man? The first presidential debate descends into chaos, interruption, and confusion. Then, the news that the president and first lady had tested positive for COVID-19 flashed around the world. 
The major breaking news, U.S. President Donald Trump, First Lady Melania Trump have both tested positive for the coronavirus. Trump recovered quickly, and the live coverage of his return to the White House provided some of the signature images of 2020. Don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. Now it's all down to the voters. We will make America great again. It's time to stand up and take back our democracy. And with more than 100 million people voting earlier, it's quite likely that the total turnout this election will break the record set back in 2016. Back then, 139 million people, give or take, did vote. Back with more Inside Edition right after this. Still to come, the battle for First Lady, Melania Trump and Jill Biden. Two determined women. They have more in common than you might think. And the big name celebrity who cast her ballot and wants everyone to know it. As we mentioned, First Lady Melania Trump cast her vote today in Palm Beach, Florida, while second former second lady Jill Biden voted earlier alongside her husband in Delaware. Both women, of course, hope to be living in the White House come January. Stephen Fabian looks at the journey that brought them to the political spotlight. They are the two women vying to be the next first lady of the United States. So how did Melania Trump and Jill Biden get to where they are today on the cusp of history? Melania's story started in the tiny European nation of Slovenia, where she was born, Melania Kanaus, in 1970. Melania lived in an apartment on the fourth floor with her mother, father, and sister. Silvo Krajic lived on the same block. She was always dressed up, looking nice. Yeah, looking nice, always. She dropped out of college to become a model and moved to Paris, where she shared a small apartment with Victoria Silvstedt when they were both fresh-faced models in the 90s. What was Melania like as a roommate? The perfect roommate. Clean, neat, um, domestic, you know? And uh, I think I couldn't ask for a better roommate, actually. Melania's modeling career eventually brought her to New York, where she met Donald Trump at a party in 1998. The rest, as they say, is history. Washington Post reporter Mary Jordan is author of the Melania biography, The Art of Her Deal. She doesn't want people to know much about her. And was, uh, I was writing about how she had closed the door. Literally doesn't want people to know about her very modest upbringing. Jill Biden also comes from humble beginnings. In her case, a suburb of Philadelphia where she was born, Jill Jacobs, in 1951. Like Melania, Jill also dabbled in modeling. In 1977, she married the young senator from Delaware, Joe Biden, who had suffered the heartbreaking loss of his wife, Nelia, and baby daughter in a car crash. Jill became stepmother to Beau and Hunter Biden. She and Joe had a daughter, Ashley. For eight years, when Biden served as vice president in the Obama administration, Jill was America's second lady, a loyal ally at Michelle Obama's side. Now she's front and center in her husband's campaign for the top job, appearing on the campaign trail. We will build a better nation. She's been very visible on the campaign trail, and I've talked to aides around her who say she's the best she's ever been. She's gotten very good at public speaking, and she seems like she's she's really in her element. Both of them are fiercely independent and protective of their families. Jill Biden. Let's go get this done. Melania Trump. God bless our beautiful nation. 
two women from very different backgrounds, but each with the same single-minded goal of seeing her husband elected president. When we come back, who's the big star that wants everyone to know she voted? Finally today, here's one way to let people know you voted. Who's that with a giant I voted sign on her head? It's singer Katy Perry. The pop star hit the streets of Los Angeles as passersby honked in support. But trying to get into this liquor store was no easy feat. (laughs) People probably didn't even know it was Katy Perry. That is Inside Edition for today. Thank you for watching. Please vote if you haven't, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> respond too quickly oh well that's good yeah i expected i expected you to lay into me well this was over the strike period oh i had time yeah See, that, that does that doesn't count <laughs> sure i responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment yeah and i felt like i had something to get up for every yeah. day so thank you for that listen to the late show pod show with stephen colbert wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>